Hi, this is Yvonne Brown, and this is a JADcast, produced by JAD Communications International, the organization that helps women to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their highest potential at www.jadcommunications.com. Welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's JADcast. Today we have playwright Lydia R. Diamond. I've heard that there are very few women playwrights. Is that true? I don't. I don't know. I, I think that, um, like so many things in this country, uh, there are so many things upon which um, being able to be um, an artist. Um, so many external pressures that makes it difficult for family pressures and financial pressures and things like that to allow us to be career anythings, but particularly writers, artists. Um, and so for those reasons, I think probably um, it's harder for women, you know, in just a very practical way. I think that there's some probably archaic attitudinal reasons for why female artists are not supported as much as they should be financially and and in, in every other respect, I mean, just possibly not even given the respect that we're due. That said, um, I've certainly had lots of opportunities and have been very grateful for them. Um, and so there are opportunities to be had, but I think the playing field remains uneven. I think that the people who have the ability to disseminate power often happen to be men, often happen to be white men. And... Um, and so the power gets disseminated accordingly and not by necessarily some huge racist master plan, but just because that's the way opportunities trickle down. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you afford the people who are like you and in the spaces that you inhabit the opportunities. And so I just, to, to even try to speak to the, the social dynamics of what makes uh, a whole group, a whole career not accessible to somebody is beyond me. I, I'll let my husband, <laughs> and, and the sociologist, <laughs> try, to, try to break that down for us. But yes, there, there are, I'm, when I'm with other playwrights, it seems to me that there are fewer female playwrights. And, um, and I think sometimes the perception is, is, I think if you fall into starting to perceive that that is not true, that somehow women are getting more opportunities, you must stop and think about the shows that are currently on Broadway, the people who have won Pulitzer Prizes and actually sort of start to break down who's a man and who's a woman and who's white and who's black, and generally you'll see the way it falls out. Yeah, yeah. You know, <coughs> lots of us, thank you for that thoughtful response. I hope uh, that wasn't all cogent. Uh, <laughs> So many of us have this great idea, like, I'm an author, I, I have a book called Self-Creation, Ten Powerful Principles for Changing Your Life, and uh, it's very helpful to many, many people, and so I think of people who have written plays who have the product in, you know, the script, but how do you go from there to actually connecting with the theater, getting oh, the actors, and having it in front of an audience? Well, I'm a great proponent of self-producing. That's what I did for the first, well, 
now, like the first half of my career, and hopefully I will continue to have a career uh, that people will want to produce my works, but I did it myself, and I, I went there are in Chicago particularly, but all over the country there are small, we call them storefront theaters in Chicago, but there's always a space. All you need is a room and some chairs and some people to invite to put on your own theater. And I think that's the way you get better and better at it, and I think that's the way you make relationships, and that's the way you get exposure. Um, and not only around self-production, but also hooking up with people who are also doing that already, because there are so there are thousands and thousands of small theater companies who are always looking for good work to produce, and so it's just a matter of putting yourself out there and putting yourself out there and getting the rejections and getting the rejections. Yeah, and then, you know, and then I think finally the other thing about theater is that it's also knowing that the reward has to be in doing the work. Um, less than being affirmed by a certain level of kind of theater or kind of audience or kind of money because I think we set ourselves up for nervous breakdowns if if somehow the way our career is going is defined by what people think means we're having a good career because it just doesn't work that way in theater. Every other person, I know so many people who are more talented or as talented as I who have not necessarily had the planets aligned for them as nicely. And um, I think that everything I've achieved, and I have a lot more to achieve, I hope, um, is yes, because of my hard work, but also because of things that are so much less tangible, and I've been very lucky. So uh, what matters is you're a playwright if you're writing plays and you're making sure that you get those plays read out loud to people. That's what makes you a playwright, so not that the Goodman or the Steppenwolf produces your play. How do you find these theaters, though? And I'm asking for the youngsters out there who may yes. be listening and going, okay, I got that, but where do I, is there like a little book that's yeah, like, here no, are there is a little book. There, there are little books. There's a, a TCG puts out a book called the Dramatist Sourcebook. And it used to come out every year, and I think now it's coming out more sporadically. But you should look for something called the Dramatist Sourcebook, which has broken down by the months that they are due and things like that, all kinds of opportunities for submitting script, script submission guidelines to theaters around the country, descriptions of those theaters with their websites and their phone numbers and the literary director's names listed, and contests that you enter that, uh, that um, gives... Yeah, there's so many contests, so many um, producing opportunities, 10-minute play workshops, um, play festivals. You just have to send the work out. You write the work, you make sure it's good, and then you send it out. You just put and, it in the and, that's and the mail it out. And you mail it. And you expect to get uh, rejections. And the, 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 the thicker your pile of rejection letters is, the more you can consider yourself a real playwright. <laughs> um, I think that's really important to understand. People get discouraged because they say, oh, I got five rejection letters. Well, until you've gotten 50, you can't even count yourself as a playwright. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and so that, you know, I, so I think it's a balance. I think, yes, you keep continuing to put your work out there when you have made it the best work you can do. You surround yourself by the kinds of people who have the experience and, and knowledge to, and, and but people whom you trust to help you know if the work is good and help you make the work better. And then you have to send the work out. You'll always, your next play will always be better than the last play, but you should always send out the last play too. 
Don't wait until you've written the great play because it's not coming. It's always going to be better. That's wonderful. Are you are you working on a play right now? Yeah, always. Um, I'm currently working on another um, commission for the Steppenwolf's Arts Exchange. That's the same place that The Bluest Eye was produced in. They're actually bringing The Bluest Eye back in October. They're remounting it, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, that's on Steppen That's online right now already for Steppenwolf. So and you when can you, go when you say commissioned, that means that they've asked you to do this for when they when they've commissioned me. It means that they have asked me and they're paying me to write a script. Now they they reserve the right to decide that that script is, does not suit their needs or um, is not possibly strong enough or maybe just doesn't fit in thematically with the season they had envisioned. So it doesn't mean it gets done, but it means that you're given the opportunity to write it and they get first dibs on it. Oh, that's so, absolutely um, fabulous. Yeah, so I'm working on a, a, a script for them. And, Can you tell us anything um, about it, or is it a secret? You know, I don't want to. It's okay, not a good. secret. It's not a secret because I think anyone will do anything with it. It's a secret because it puts a different kind of unpleasant pressure on me when I start trying to tell you what it will be. Oh. So it's it's better. It it it, it um, examines the life of a of a woman who was a slave in the early 1900s, and that's all I will say about that. Well, I know that the life of the woman that you examined for Voyeurs de Venus, which was your play that I saw not two days ago, but a week ago, Saturday. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. I, Thank you. I, I was so moved by it. Can you tell us just a tiny bit about what that is about? Since we oh, absolutely. There, there was a woman um, named Sarchi Bartman, or Sartige, or Sarah, she's often called also Bartman, who in the... Um, early 1800s was brought over to Europe from um, South Africa and displayed in the streets, freak show style. It's just a horribly sad, sad um, story that Europeans had never seen the physique of a black woman and were so then um, taken with it and um, made her an oddity. And it was a so a, a lot about her bottom and her genitalia, and it's it's a horrific story that's true. And my play vacillates between the telling of that story and the telling of a young African American woman who's a cultural anthropologist and her struggle in trying to responsibly tell this woman's story and should she tell this woman's story and what does it mean to tell this woman's story and can she do it justice and all of these concerns. And the play goes back and forth between those two. It's sort of two plays in one. Oh, it's it's absolutely excellent. And for those Thank of you, you. Who, who are listening, who are in the Chicagoland area, and even if you're not, you can go to chicagotribune.com and look for Nina Metz, M-E-T-Z, write-up on that play. She, she titled it, uh, her article is called Diamond Turns Venus into a Gem which is a really clever play on words. And now you can, while you're online with the Tribune, you can also look for Chris Jones' review of Stickfly, which also uses those, uh, gosh, they really like to use those, those jewel metaphors. Yes. And that, that one is something about a jewel in the rough, and it's a good, it's a good review of my, my play Stickfly as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. I'll have to read that because that just came out today, did it? No, you know, it's only online today. It comes out in the paper tomorrow. Oh, that's great. But it's, great. it's a very...
very, very good review. And then also Hetty Weiss for the Sun-Times wrote a wonderfully flattering review of Voyeur de Venus. Are there any other uh, final comments that you have for young women who might aspire to this field? What, what, what kind of steps could they take to ensure that they have the foundation needed in order to move forward and execute the other strategies you've told us about? I think schooling is really important. I think reading plays is really important. I think seeing plays is really important. The broader your knowledge about everything in the world and the more you get to experience theater and you get to form your own opinions about different kinds of aesthetics and different ways that it can be done, the, the more tools you'll be able to pull out of your toolbox as you start to grow into your own voice. Um, I think it's important to be open to what other people say about your work, but, but not ever to allow that to um, affect the way you see yourself and your understanding of what you're trying to do in the work. I think it's most important that we figure out how to define ourselves on our own terms and, and um, to, to seek out the people who know how to be supportive and um, to only minimally listen to the people who might seem to be wanting to tear us down. I, I, um, I think writing is a wonderful way to empower yourself as an artist because no one has to let you be able to write. You can always write. It's harder, you know, with actors. You have to audition and get the role, but you can always write a play. You can always write a poem or a novel or a story. But learn how to write. I think that's really important. Learn how to to um, make the English language your own and, and learn how to respect all of our various dialects and slangs and be able to use those in our writings but be able to effortlessly shift between the various styles so that you can do anything you want to do and express anything you want to express. Thank you so much for being our guest today and for sharing all that very, very fascinating information about your work and what it takes to make it happen. Well, thank you for your time and your support. That's so needed and so appreciated. You've been listening to a Jadcast. We hope this podcast helps you on your journey to achievement of your destiny. Remember to visit us at www.jadcommunications.com. Dot com.